0: episode 335 of the biz talk podcast the wichita business journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people places companies organizations and issues that are important to wichita's business community i'm editor kirk Semenoff. we have a special this week at wichitabusinessjournal.com two podcasts for the price of one We've got both mayoral candidates for interviews this week, and in this one you'll hear from Mayor Brandon Whipple. He finished second to challenger Lily Wu in the August primary, and they've gone head-to-head in debates and forums seemingly ever since. We'll get Brandon Whipple's thoughts on downtown beginning in just a minute. But first, here's a look at what's in this week's edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our cover story this week is more on the election of Wichita's next mayor. Managing editor Shelby Kellerman asked each candidate three specific questions that our readers indicated were of most interest to them. You'll see detailed answers in our cover story, and that begins on page 10. Our list this week is nonprofit executive compensation. See which nonprofit's leader leaders make the most in total compensation, and in the case of three CEOs, see how they rank nationally in terms of pay. The list is on page 8. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 26. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Mayor Brandon Whipple returns to the podcast as one of the two winners in the August mayoral primary, and now he takes on challenger Lily Wu in the November seventh general election. Mayor Whipple, welcome
1: back. Hey, thanks for having me back. <laughs> Did the
0: results of the primary surprise you? It was uh, Lily had about thirty, you had about twenty four.
1: Right. I mean, a little bit. I um, I, I was actually really impressed with uh, some of the the folks who came in second and or excuse me uh, third and fourth. Uh, I thought. Turnout was really impressive Uh, folks have been watching. We didn't really do much during the primary Mm -hmm. Um, basically we uh, We thought that we were governing focusing on a budget at that time and we thought that would be uh, enough to get us uh, Through and it was but also seeing how well brian fry did uh, and even how well um, uh, uh, Celeste did I, Mm -hmm. I think was uh, interesting. And so just kind of a, as a student of politics or uh, of elections, um, looking at it from that angle where, and I just got those out there. I'm really proud of Brian Fry. Uh, he, he came in and, and frankly, the, um, the political conservative establishment, uh, really went towards Lily and Fry came with it a few votes to, to not, I mean, a few thousand votes to knock us off. And yeah, you know, and, and he's been just a really good person to work with through this. Um, I know that, um, during the the uh, the primary, him and I talked and said hey let's let's be clean let's run uh, based on facts uh, let, let's uh, basically uh, be gentlemen about this and uh, and I really respected that conversation because that's how it it, it worked out it, where both him and I during the primary, if folks were off on talking points that weren't sustained by the facts, we both were at least bringing it back to the same set of facts that uh, we, we uh, new or accurate. Uh, so um, so I, I thought that was an uh, interesting twist uh, to the primary. But again, the, the results, um, w- we knew Lily was going to get through with the, you know, she spent more than twice what any mayor candidates ever spent. So, right. you know, just getting that name wreck in such a crowded field. Uh, but also, uh, I think uh, I was really happy with some of the, w- the way the debate was going with other members as well, because again, they, at the very least, they stuck to the facts.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you and Lily, we talked off air before we started, have been in a number of forums and debates. Uh, I'd like our conversation to kind of stick with downtown. So, what makes, what goes into a successful downtown Wichita? I want to start with homelessness. The Business Journal, we really recently co sponsored a mental health conference with McCowan Gordon. We had a guest mm-hmm. speaker in and a panel of stakeholders. And they urged a couple of things that I want you to talk about. One, for businesses to get to the table and be involved in a solution. And two, a single entry point where all services are accessed at one right. place. Uh, they see those as necessary for success. Do you do you agree? And, and what kind of ideas do you have to try to get Wichita to, more to functional zero?
1: Yeah, I mean, really good question. The reality is uh, Wichita, we're behind when it comes to implementing some of these strategies that have been shown to be best practices. Uh, to get folks to exactly what you mentioned, functional zero. And for your listeners, uh, that just means we are housing more people a year than who are entering homelessness. Uh, so you're never going to get to zero because we'd have to basically eradicate mental health substance abuse and poverty uh, so instead you know what do we do to get people back on their feet and are we doing a better job housing people uh, getting them you know solving a problem than just managing the problem which is basically giving them food, giving them a shelter when they need it uh, that's more the management side of it and, and that's what we, we have seen here in Wichita to take the next step though uh, we do have to make sure that we're following the best practices and you know the bad part Wichita's been behind uh, you know on this so we've been working out the last few years, Uh, but other cities have started working on this five to ten years ago. The good part with that is we can actually see what's worked in other cities and what hasn't worked so we can avoid some of the mistakes. Now, moving forward, the MAC, uh, which is the multi-agency uh, mm-hmm. campus, which I think is what you're referring to, uh, that is a, a staple in my plan moving forward. And what separates my opponent from myself when it comes to this is really the role of, of the city government. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that we should have a role to play when it comes to uh, either establishing the asset, which would be the overhead, or um, bringing people together and, and helping with, with um, uh, the continuation of those services. And we offer housing services as well. So we're part of this uh, uh, multi-agency idea. So uh, as we move forward, uh, we want that uh, multi-agency campus because we get folks in who might be experiencing homelessness. But the variable that caused them to be in that situation might have something to do with mental health. Mm -hmm. So they're really going to need mental health services on top of a housing voucher or uh, some folks uh, are self-medicating who are out there we think about our disabled veterans uh, who are suffering ptsd uh, who are in need of housing some of them are uh, self uh, um, medicating uh, uh, with substance uh, because of uh, untreated trauma uh, so if we want to do this right we got to actually solve the variables um, that cause people to be chronically unhoused that's sounds like it sounds like the more complex way to do it but it's actually if you do it right it saves you money because uh, we're not just policing the problem or um pushing people out of sight out of mind uh in which you know requires you know moving people along requires a lot of cleanup costs like we might as well just do the humane thing and actually try to help people get out of these situations
0: is is the mac possible in wichita way
1: oh 100 percent.
0: well but are you going to have a bunch of people resisting And i think of you know the the the, the charities out there who are doing their own thing
1: yeah. So this is the interesting thing is we do have a lot of charities that are doing their own thing and that's fine. And, you know, but we've we got to take a page at really um, th- there is a, a, a child advocacy uh, unit um, that took over an old school. Uh, it is off, off Harry Street in Wichita. Basically, if you're an exploiter, or missing child, if you are a victim, um, if you need these services, there are social workers there from the county. Uh, we have our city police officers there and our detectives. The county has the sheriffs there. Uh, the state has their social workers there. Uh, it was something that Wichita tried. Uh, And I I think it really was led by by, um, Commissioner Tim Norton uh, at that time, bring everyone under one roof, uh, these services, and now it's a best practice. Now Mm -hmm. other cities are practicing what we did there. So what we're doing is taking a page out of that book, where if you bring these services under one roof, uh, not only does it provide a better experience for the, the, the client, Uh, but also people start working together. Uh, Egos go down a little bit. Um, You start uh, knowing what what this uh, charity might offer that this charity doesn't. So you're sending people to the right spot. Uh, It just actually synthesizes these uh, services. Now there's growing pains. Anytime you make any type of change, of course, people are, well, wait a minute, you know, like, well, wait, but, uh, you know, the goal is to do it. So people want to be a part of it. Uh, and that takes, uh, not only leadership, but also resources where, you know, we might bring, there might be some, I don't know, some personal issue with two nonprofits. Cause you know, it's, it's, we're humans that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can cover their overhead. Uh, then they might come and work together because you know now they don't have to spend money on the overhead, they're coming into the MAC, uh, they're synthesizing services, they're saving us money as a city because we now have to do less um, less uh, services uh, that we have to provide, uh, You know, clean up that type of stuff when folks aren't getting the help they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it makes sense, you're right, we're gonna have some resistance of folks saying, hey, I like what we're doing. You can keep doing that, that's fine. Our door is open when you're ready to be a part of this bigger solution.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, something else that I- involves business in Wichita, but it also involves a lot of different income levels in Wichita, and that's public transportation. I don't know that anybody says public transportation in Wichita works really well right now. Right. And there's a third-party consultant, as I understand it, that is looking at new routes and how to re with the new multimodal uh, place coming in over across the river. Uh, there will be changes there. Talk about the state of the system. What has to improve? And I guess my ultimate question is, does the city have the money to put into it? Because everybody I talk to says it's going to take more of a monetary investment.
1: So city Wichita is actually one of the few cities of our size that doesn't have a designated revenue source for our public transportation. Uh, so for example, other cities, there's like a percentage, a small percentage of like, let's say the gas tax. Uh, so every time you buy gas, you don't see it, but you're paying a fuel tax and it goes into our streets. It goes into, uh, highways, that type of stuff. Um, a lot of times this money has gone into street repair, uh, but there is an argument should we be putting, I don't know, a quarter of a percentage into public transportation like other cities that are beating us? Uh, when it comes to the, the service are, are doing. Uh, so can we highlight another funding stream uh, that is just a different funding stream, but not creating a new tax? Uh, so that I think is something we got to look into. Also, uh, when it comes to our current routes, a lot of it has to do with staffing, uh, where um, we, we might not have a butt, enough bus drivers to put more buses on those routes. Uh, so it, a lot of people don't know, and I think I got to do a better job talking about this, that we will train you to be a bus driver. If you want to be a bus driver, we will train you and get you your credential, your commercial driver's license for free uh, and you can work for us or you know if you work for us and you want to pivot over and go work for uh, another company somewhere you could do that as well but I think there's also some um, validity in a collaborative approach Uh, and that is you know is there a way if the issue is Employees, Is there a way that we can work with the school district uh, or WSU, for example, because they also have their own bus system? We also we collaborate with these guys already when it comes to if you're a student, you can ride our buses. Uh, for free or have a heavily discounted pass, could we take that collaboration further and actually, you know, if you're driving a school bus in the morning, you can come drive a city bus in the afternoon. Uh, So I think this is going to be some of the ways that we discuss solving this issue moving forward. Um, And also, can we make it more regional? Uh, And this is a good enough idea that my opponent now actually says this, uh, (laughs) which is great. (laughs) Talk,
0: Talk about what that means.
1: So regional basically means Wichita as a city, we all know Wichita, right? Uh, but also if you're from Derby, if you're from uh, one of these outskirts, Bel Air, one of these outskirts cities and you're traveling, you can tell people you're from Wichita. We're, we're all kind of the same community, uh, even though we, we have these almost artificial boundaries that create different smaller cities. Well, because of that, if you're living in Derby, there's a good chance that you work in Wichita. You know, there's a good chance you come to Wichita for some of your services. Uh, I actually live in South Wichita. I go to Derby for some of some of our services if I need a Target or something. Uh, so there's that overlap. So. Is there a play uh, where we can tap into uh, some of the resources and, and, you know, share drivers, share buses uh, when it comes to uh, our, our neighboring communities as well so that we can get more into uh, uh, th- these areas and provide a better service for someone who's living in Derby or living in Bel Air, living in one of these places so they can come into Wichita to go to work? Mm-hmm. Um Also, we got to look at these blended models that we're seeing throughout the country. Think of an Uber, uh, but you're calling uh, downtown. You're basically saying, hey, I need a uh, bus to pick me up, uh, or these would be shuttles, to to pick me up at 9 a.m. to take me to the grocery store, and I'm returning at 11 a.m. Uh, these type of models have actually shown to save money because what they do is they consolidate some routes and do, uh, put that money into these more bus or these shuttle type services. Mm-hmm. Um, and they shown to be better, particularly for our elderly community. Uh, people who are living, uh, in their house, they are, you know, everything's live independently. Everything's great, except they don't drive and walking to a bus station right. and taking uh, as long as it does to get to and from someplace, uh, is a hassle. Uh So, the data shows that this helps our retirees, and it also shows that uh women uh don't feel comfortable on the bus alone uh at night uh, so these shuttles have helped also fill in a gap there where you might have women who who are working second shift uh and instead of t- feeling taking the bus they they rather have, have a shuttle pick them and their. Uh, 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 colleagues up and, and drop them off uh, so there's a way we could do this where it actually has a better service saves money and if we have more of a collaborative approach we might even be able to extend those services uh, beyond just Wichita into these other cities so long as they're interested in this collaborative approach the shuttle
0: approach is, is fascinating I think that's something we'd like to write about uh, but let me ask you no matter who the mayor is 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 it solvable
1: in Wichita? I mean,
0: oh, And yeah. I guess the question is why hasn't it been solvable before, or why hasn't it been solved before now?
1: I'm gonna solve it, and I'll tell you, <laughs> like I will. Like my problem is I had to like get us out of COVID, uh, and then balance the budget, and then get us into a surplus. And we we got all that now. Now I got 20 million uh, uh, as a surplus. We cut taxes for uh, folks who need it. Um, you know, so I had a lot of stuff on my plate, particularly that first two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next two years, what we've what my next year is my first term, really focused on uh, um, establishing uh, core services, uh, putting more in fire, police and public uh, um, works at any time in our city's history. And now we're getting into solving mental health, fighting the opioid crisis, uh, which we have. We, we've been able to work with nonprofits and get them the money they need to go out and save lives. And as we, and of course, grow and diversify the economy, that was also something my second year I had to really focus on. I'm glad to say we've done that. We had the most diverse uh, pipeline of industry which I've ever seen. So, well, what's the next big challenge? Uh, and I'm that type of person I wake up every day with, with a goal. Uh, and you know, every year I have a new goal. Um, and I want to solve public transportation, not because it's just the right thing to do, which it is, um, but also it's something that other mayors have talked about, but haven't been able to get done. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of in that world or mindset where i want to do the stuff that people said couldn't be done because i bet we could get it done Uh, so that and homelessness are these are high level goals uh, but i travel uh, to policy conferences i actually sit in on these uh, classes on how to make transportation work how to make uh, uh, your city uh, uh, better uh, when it comes to serving folks who are in a homeless community how to uh, take on these complex tough uh, issues Uh, so i think we could do it now the difference between my opponent and i And what I'm worried about is when she talks about budgeting, uh, she talks about really spinning down our, our surplus and then not going beyond what she determines the basics. Um, that's problematic because we're not a basic city. You know, we're a global city. Uh, we didn't attract a quick step, which is Australia's independent, largest independent composite company to Wichita, uh, by being basic, which we did, by the way, they're moving to Wichita, (laughs) uh, which is amazing. But, we don't do that by being basic. So you got to be thinking not just with the basics, but what are uh, the uh, uh, um, the services that people depend on uh, to make our economy and make their lives better. Uh, so this is one of them. I think we can get there. We can't get too crazy uh, with, with the budgets and such. And I think putting someone in there who, who is going to be new to all that uh, would set us back. But I have a plan to get us forward.
0: Let's talk about a third
1: high level goal and that's affordable housing. And I'm,
0: I, I particularly want to ask about developers and how, um, enticements not the right word, but how you use an,
1: uh, oh, a tool set, a toolbox. Right. How do we use our toolbox right. to actually get right. more units Incentives. built? Yes, yeah, we call them- in- is
0: the word I was looking for. Um, right. D- folks from downtown Wichita have told us that the way that the state funding works for these kind of development projects that the rural communities in, in Kansas are the, usually the first one to the, to the trough, for lack of a better term, that, and then Wichita and other big cities in Kansas aren't going to be able to get as much of that funding or any of it. How does the city work with developers in in right. making these affordable housing projects happen? And, and you know, real quickly for for listeners, we're we're talking about income or housing for low income residents, but also like for example, biomed campus right. students who are coming in three or four years.
1: Yeah. So we can't depend on the legislature uh, moving forward, and I say that as a recovering legislator. I was in there for seven <laughs> years. Like, if we're holding our breath waiting for a legislature to save us, like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll, we'll be blue pretty quick. The um. However, the city has a role to play in this. Now, the, in the past, the city has focused on really new developments and, uh, developers, you know, you get more bang for your buck investing and basically turning a field into a new neighborhood, Mm -hmm. um, on the outskirts. Uh, and, and that's fine, but that's about new single family houses is about 30% of the market. Uh, so it's not. you got to be focused more than just 30%. One of the things we did with the developers when it came to the table and said, Hey, we need uh, to kickstart developing after the pandemic uh, is we actually extended the debt we hold on specials, uh, which means like the city will hold the debt on your sidewalks, uh, your streets. um, So the developer doesn't have to have that debt developer. Sells the house. We pay you pay off uh, uh, your specials to the city. Instead of holding that debt for fifteen years, we moved it to, to twenty years, uh, so that uh, the uh, payment, the monthly payment, goes down, and these guys get back to doing what they do. But as you, as I mentioned, you got to focus uh, more globally than that when it comes to the problem. Um, some of it's going to solve itself, uh, when it comes to the new med center, uh, coming downtown, we are seeing those older buildings get bought up and get turned into what will be student housing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there are federal tax credits that helps that. So that's an incredible way to utilize some of our old stock, uh, of buildings. Um, and then with the baseball stadium, when we were able to retool some of the, the agreements with that, uh, a silver lining, uh, was, you know, there's really not a market for office space at this moment. So uh, they took that and turned it into apartments. And so we're going to have more housing there, uh, which is great because, again, we're going to have that biomedical uh, center going in downtown to complement our new medical school that we ha- got online a couple of years ago. Now, uh, with that said, if you want to attack housing costs, the only way that we know for a fact works is to uh, throw stock at it. Uh, the more housing you have the cheaper the entire market goes down um, and then when you leave let's say your starter home to a bigger home uh, that starter home still there so now you just create affordable housing for the next family or, or people who are coming in at the same time same position of life you were when you bought that um, but there's more we could be doing if we look at this uh, if we look at this uh, more, more in depth and for example if you're going to we, on my watch we change the economic development uh, guidelines for our incentive programs which means we'll give you basically a tax cut on the supplies it takes you to build another wing on your office so long as you're creating new jobs with it uh, you don't have to pay sales tax for that or we'll forgive property tax for up to 10 years so long as you're committing uh, or uh, um uh, bettering our community either with new jobs or or uh, other type of investments, uh, is there a play there? We can close the gap on infill where, let's say, instead of building a block, you're building a couple houses uh, and, you know, is there a play where we can knock down uh, the taxes for um, uh, for materials or for the property taxes on that lot? Uh, so it closes that gap that uh, developers see when they decide not to do infill. Uh, sometimes they're not making enough money, so how can we close that gap? Well can we take a page of our economic development toolbox or play book basically and apply it to this? And I think there, we can, and that's already set up. So uh, there's a lot of options, uh, but it's something that we got to be, uh, this is also some growing pains. Like we look at this as a big problem. It kind of is, but it, it's a problem now because our population's growing, our economy's growing. We're getting new jobs; more people are moving to Wichita, um, and so it's a growing pain. Uh, but it's something that we could definitely address. If there's
0: a good, if it's such a thing as a good problem, it's that's maybe going to fit that. Right. Um, you had mentioned in one of your debates or forums that that's that developers had run city hall for years before you became mayor. I'm paraphrasing you there. Uh, do you feel like you got the developers out of City Hall and obviously with with your challengers connections do you feel like that would be the case again if she were to win
1: so what we did is we reestablished the firewall between our professional staff and the elected officials um, which is what you got to do and before you would have folks who are elected and they would have personal relationships with people who wanted to do business with City Hall. And they were able to get these, they seem like small fixes uh, in contracts, but they actually are a big, big deal when they're implied. Uh, so uh, what we've done and, and with, you know, the, the different policies put in place is we let professional staff handle contracts. Uh, make sure Because we run these also through uh, Wichita State University uh, to make sure that any of the economic development stuff is... It, we're, we're voting based on the data, not based on relationships or personalities. Uh, so that's something that we've been able to do. There are some folks who, who spend a lot of money cultivating those those uh, relationships. Uh, you know, in the legislature, we call them lobbyists. Uh, we don't have a term for that at the local level. Uh, so, of course, they're upset that they've invested their time and their talents into having elected to kind of get involved in this process. And, and now it's harder to do. Um, but it, that also talks about experience. Uh, I don't think my opponent has any um, real uh, uh, like evil plots or anything. I think uh, <laughs> that um, the experience of making sure professionals are the ones reviewing the contracts uh, and not the electeds uh, not only – levels that playing field, but gives us a better product for the taxpayers. And just briefly, I'll just mention, you know, you look at the last, the baseball stadium contract. So we just had to basically correct because we had to take the old, the old uh, owner off the lease basically. And so we can move forward with it. Um, The term construction for you and I means you're building something. For them, the contract—they just put up like a flimsy fence, fence and called yes. it construction, and that shows the holes in, in some of these contracts, particularly when you get folks in a room who are not professionals. Uh, so, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think it's more accurate to say I reestablished that firewall. Uh, it, it makes people upset uh, if if they had basically unfeathered access, and but it gives us a it saves us money and gives us a better product in the long run.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, The next mayor, whoever it is, is going to be holding a gold shovel at the Exploration Place groundbreaking expansion, the biomedical campus groundbreaking, maybe projects on both sides of the river. Um, You've often said, and everybody says, that the mayor is one vote out of seven on council, but you also are the biggest ambassador for the city. Why are you the better ambassador?
1: Well, so I, I kind of hate that term ambassador because ambassadors don't actually get anything done. Uh, like, so
0: how about cheerleader? Then?
1: I mean, yeah, like I represent the city, but right. this the mayor, to say the mayor is one vote is to say the speaker of the house is one vote, right. or that the president of the senate is one vote. Like we Absolutely. know it's it's a lot more complex than that. Um, when it comes to actually, I, I guess uh, who's going to represent the city on in the international and uh, in, in national uh, scene uh, better. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not knocking my opponent. I instead just say, you know, look at my record. Um, we've had more industry move to Wichita on my watch in diverse industry uh, than we have in the past. You know, I'm in a room when Nova Coast uh, is wondering what big city they're going to set up their uh, office in. And now their headquarters is here from Southern California. To Wichita, Kansas. Uh, same thing with Nomadics, you know, another cybersecurity firm from Boston who now has an office here in Wichita. Uh, we, we we just got again quick step, the largest, and I got to be involved with that all the way through. You know, having these conversations in London and Wichita, then Paris, then back to Wichita, announced that they're moving moving here. Uh, you know, look at our um, uh, what was it, JJ Snacks, the, the pie company that's right. moving to Wichita. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's an East Coast company that's now going to have a headquarters here. In Wichita uh, in an area that wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the economic changes we made to allow spec warehouses uh, Mm -hmm. to get a tax deal uh, so long as they were creating jobs. Um, So, you know, my record speaks for itself and we haven't talked about Integra. Uh, Integra is something I've been involved with from the start with the governor. Once that gets done, that's another 1.8 million dollars of raw economic impact into a billion. Billion. Did I say billion? (laughs) With a B. So on my watch over the last few years, I think we had 1.6 billion of raw economic impact. I believe so. I was with uh, Lieutenant Governor Tolan last night. I think it's what he said. And then he said when Integra lands, that's 1.8 billion. Mm So... um, and that's and that's just uh, being in a room, knowing when to make plays, uh, and knowing, frankly, uh, about the tool set that we have. You know, as a ranking member of the Commerce, Labor, and Economic Development Committee in Topeka, uh, years ago, I, I was there when we were creating these incentives. I know I'm in and out, and also, um, you know, I'm proud of the record we have. Like, it's it's not easy to go out and, and to talk about, I guess, what Wichita offers uh, when you're competing. Uh, against other cities, but I'm competitive and I truly believe we're the best city in the world. Last question. Uh,
0: through all the debates, through all the forums, uh, through all the conversations, get rid of the political posturing, get rid of all the BS. What are the things that you and Lily are, are just absolutely not agreeing about? The, the The most important things.
1: I think it's the role of the local government in solving or major issues or positively impacting people's lives. Um, Lily, I believe uh, her view is more core services, which is public safety for her. Uh, and she translates public safety to policing. Um, I believe that we also need to be investing uh, in substance abuse. Uh, uh, we're seeing a rise uh, in uh, fentanyl, the fentanyl crisis. Uh, I, I believe that's part of public safety. Um, I believe that uh, we need to have youth pre- uh, crime prevention programs, uh, that we need to come alongside some of the organizations that are already doing amazing work in our community uh, and offer uh, either uh, a networked uh, solution where we can house them in one of our neighborhood association uh, uh, buildings or, uh, you know, as a grant opportunities. Um, I believe, uh, you know, going beyond those basics, uh, we have did the Work Ready Center uh, where we gave, uh, you know, over a million in ARPA funds, so now our young people over at USD 259 can and actually build airplanes while they're in school, real airplanes, mm-hmm. you know, not just like a part of it. Uh, and uh, same thing uh, with stimulating the health um, um, that the healthcare sector by having a uh, one of these programs. Uh, also, uh, I think over in Southwich where folks are getting out of high school with actual credentials. Um, the big difference is uh, Lily doesn't has has. Said uh, in, in debates that she doesn't feel like we should be doing that, um, that we should be involved in that type of stuff, uh, and and that's fine if we're a small town. Like I get that if if you want to be mayor of a small town somewhere, uh, they normally don't do stuff like that. However, a top 50 uh, city, a global city, uh, that we 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 need to make sure that uh, we're we're cutting edge when it comes to providing services for our people. You know, when, when you talk about Quick Step, when you talk about Integra, when you talk about these other incredible uh, businesses that are in Wichita, every single city has roads. Um, and we got roads, don't get me wrong. You know, we're paving dirt roads. Like, we're, we're doing more for infrastructure than we ever have that's not enough for me to attract them here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, talking about how we're investing uh, in job training, we're investing in in, in our young people, how diverse we are, and how we celebrate diversity. And if you move here, we're not going to embarrass you uh, because we have a non-discrimination ordinance. So we're not going to make national news by our leaders saying something stupid. Uh, And so I think that um, uh, it's just really what type of city you want to live in it, you know she's very focused on basics uh if i cut down to it, it it's basically giving more money to police which they've gotten 30 million dollars more on my watch uh but um you know also with our surplus do we spend on targeted tax cuts for people who need it and also services that help uh, public transportation and, and build our city or uh, uh do we whittle it away uh, so that um that I think is the the main difference that I, that I take away. Uh, it's just our viewpoints on what is uh, I guess a robust future uh, for our city. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we'll see what the voters want by November seventh. Uh, Brandon, thanks for joining me. Good luck on November seventh and hey, before thank you. for
1: advanced voting. Well, hey, thanks a lot, and appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. That's
0: it for Biz Talk this week, episode three hundred thirty-five. A reminder: you can check Lily Wu's podcast also on our website. At episode 334. Check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk Hub. It's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thank you for listening and thank you for subscribing. BizTalk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.